1: and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven starts now.
2: I want to ask you a question today. What moves you? There's a lot going on all around us right now. But does that move you? Maybe you're dealing with something that you've never faced before. Are you moved? This is a time to be unshakable, unmovable. But how, Valerie? Oh, I hear you. How can I stand in the midst of difficult circumstances and not be moved? Oh, this is the church's greatest hour on the rise. The season with the movement of the Holy Spirit is going to be so tremendous, you have no idea what God awaits to do through you. I want to show you today how to be unmovable, unshakable, where you can stand and stare in the face of difficulties and say, I shall not be moved. I am not moved. Brother Paul, in Acts 20 and 17, shows us something. It's just a phenomenal situation. Now watch this, children of God. This talk Paul is giving is one of the most famous and important speeches that he will ever give. He is now showing us something that we are to never forget. Paul has traveled to the city of Miletus, and from Miletus he went to Ephesus to meet with the leaders of the church. And I'll paraphrase, if you allow me. And when they had come to him, he said unto them, you know, from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you all seasons, serving the Lord with all lowness of mind, with tears and with trials, which beset me by plots of the Jews and how I kept moving and how I kept back nothing. That was beneficial unto you, but have shown you and have taught you publicly from house to house repentance towards God and faith to our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Brother Paul goes on. This has to be a tense moment. The elders, he's called for the elders of the church in Ephesus, and he, he, they don't know what he's about to say, but they can gather even as you and I by his interest into the speech that something major is about to be said, something magnificent is about to take place. But what is it? The elders of the church must absolutely be on the edge of their seat to hear his continuum. What is he about to tell them? They know he has served with much tears and trials, but this speech will take them to a place of grieving and sorrow. Brother Paul continues as he reveals to them what they could not have anticipated. Let's let him continue. And now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, except that the Holy Spirit has witnessed in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions await me. Oh, bless his holy name. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry, which I have received of the Lord Jesus Christ to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that ye all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. Oh, Brother Paul, they they must be stricken with sadness as he continues. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. And when he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and he prayed with them. And they all wept sore. They cried so hard. And they fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spoke that they should see his face no more. And they accompanied him and walked him to the ship. Sadness had overtaken their hearts so deeply that they all kneeled together, cried and prayed. They knew they weren't going to see him anymore. Being unmovable and unshakable like Brother Paul. How do we do that? He's able to deliver this message, yes, with tears, but nothing stopped him. Nothing moved him. He knows that bonds and imprisonment and afflictions are waiting for him. He said he didn't know what all would happen, but he knew that difficult times were on their way. He prayed with the church elders and left them to meet whatever he had to face. Did he say that this moved him? No. He said nothing changes my course. Nothing stops me and causes me to turn back. This does not make me turn back. I keep moving forward. I persevere on to finish the race. God wants us to come to a place where we are unmovable, unshakable, where our heart is so empowered by the Spirit of God that nothing moves us. Hallelujah. To be able to stand no matter what is going on around us, it'll take some investing on our part. And today I'm here with a message to change your life. And how can a message do that? By the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. I can say just one thing today. And if you get a hold of it, It'll change your entire life. How did Paul get this unmovable, unshakable faith? Well, he tells us something vitally important in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. Paul said, for my determined purpose is that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person. More deeply and more clearly, Philippians 3.10. Paul became deeply and intimately acquainted with God by developing a relationship with him. That's what he's telling us. Brother Paul invested himself in getting to know God. One cannot and will not become deeply and intimately acquainted with God by mishap. It, it just happens, you know, without anything being done on their part. Brother Paul informs us. It's a determined purpose. So there's something we must do. We must invest ourselves in getting to know him, like Brother Paul did. Galatians 1 and 17. I did not go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went into Arabia. Now Paul is talking about after meeting Jesus on the road to Damascus, he goes into the desert of Arabia to be alone. Brother Paul was alone with the Lord on the desert. He shut himself away with the Lord. Oh, I know you're following me now. But do all things in moderation. I have a friend, I want to tell you something. A friend named Eva and she's a, she's not a very tall lady i I don't know maybe maybe five feet or so, maybe five one, not very tall in stature, but when I first met her I, I i there was something about her that was absolutely intriguing. I could feel the presence of the Holy Spirit, but there was yet still it was dynamic, you know and there was something intriguing, and so you know I met her and and we just immediately. We became friends just immediately, you know, and so I was taking her someplace and then we we went and we witnessed to some people together. This is when we just first met, right? We began to witness to people, you know, and Denny's and some young women, you know, that needed help of God. And we began to witness and tell them about God. And after that, I was driving her home to her place. And so, you know, she was telling me which way to go. And then she said, Valerie, she said, I want to take you someplace. And I said, oh, Okay. And so she began to tell me the directions and, you know, to her place. She said, but I want to take you someplace when we get there. Now, she lived in a really beautiful place, really nice. And behind where she lived, there was water. But I didn't know that yet, you know. And so she said, come on. She said, let's go there. And she showed me which building that she lived in. She said, now, we're going to go behind the building, you know. There's water back there. And so she said, now, as we're walking to the water, she's, I'm a little taller than her, you know, and she's in front of me and she's marching towards the water. She began to pray. She said, Valerie, began to pray, pray, speak to the Lord, pray to the Lord in the spirit, pray, you know, and I'm walking, marching behind her like, where is she going now? You know. And so she said, you know, Jesus went often to the water. I want to take you to the water. So I said, okay, you know, there must be water behind our condo, you know, we're in Florida. And so we go behind the condo and there's a pier. And it was a very small pier. It wasn't a large pier. And on this pier, very small now, but there's two men. They're fishing on the side of the pier. One's putting bait or something, you know, on a fishing hook or whatever. And the other is fishing over the side of the pier, you know. And and so she marches right forward and kind of, you know, says a hello, some greeting, and I said hello. And we, we go to the edge of the pier. It's small, right? These two men are like six-two and six-four. They're really big men. They're a whole lot bigger than us. And, I, and I'm watching her, thinking, is she gonna turn back? You know, when she first saw these men. No. She didn't turn back. She marched. Come on, Valerie, let's go. Keep praying in the spirit, pray in the spirit, pray to the Lord, you know? So I'm praying and she's praying and we're marching towards the pier. We go to the pier and she said, I just had to bring you here, you know, because Jesus came to the water often and, and I just want to pray here with you, you know? So we began praying and we're, we've got our arms resting, you know, on the rail of the pier. And then one of the men walks behind us. We can't see him. You know, he's behind us. this is a big guy you know? and he's walking behind us back and forth and begins to pace and she just keeps right on praying. Just nothing's nothing's bothering her. She keeps right on praying, so I just keep right on praying. I don't know Florida. I don't know this area, but, you know, she does. But uh, no matter what, she didn't know these two men. I knew that by being with her. And she just kept on praying, and we prayed until, you know, we were finished praying. And then we stopped, and she spoke to the men, and so I spoke to them, and we walked away. And she never mentioned those men again. She was so on fire for the Lord. Nothing moves her. Nothing moves her. We were about the business of the Lord. And it was amazing how she had absolutely no fear of men that were almost twice her size, you know. But she was on a mission. She was taking me to the water to pray for the Lord. We got to come up on circumstances in this life where nothing moves us. She was not moved, you know. Oh my goodness. God wants us to be unshakable and unmovable. See, God is preparing his people for what he is about to do. And this message is preparation for you. There's an anointing that's coming. Signs and wonders are going to be in a tremendous flood of the Holy Spirit to the remnant. It's like in the days of Gideon, you know, Uh, it was difficult times for Gideon's family and the nation of Israel at that time. They were being taunted by their enemies, really worse than taunted. You know, they were oppressed. The other nations would come by and they would rob them of their crops, of their livestock. And they would rob them to the point where they were completely poor. And year after year, the children of Israel They tried and they would grow their crops and the people would wait until they've grown their crops and they would come and rob them and steal all of their crops, steal everything from them. And no matter what they did, they would come and steal from them. So they had went to live and hide in the rocks and hide in the caves to protect their crops and their food. But Gideon was part of of Israel during that oppressive time. He was one of the children of Israel and they were hiding in caves and among the rocks. And while in hiding, an angel of the Lord comes to Gideon. Gideon asks the angel, where is the God of our ancestors? God chose Gideon from the poorest family in all of Israel. And he was the least in his entire family. But he asks the angel, where is the God of Israel? We've heard this before, haven't we? It's like saying, where is the God of Elijah? <laughs> Gideon says, where is the God of our ancestors? While this terrible thing is happening to us. Well, You know, but God sends the angel of the Lord to Gideon. While this tremendous anointing that the Holy Spirit is coming, God is telling his people how to be unmovable and unshakable. He's telling his people to fast and pray and prepare, get ready. And don't forget the prophetic word that God is going to put into your mouth. It's coming such a mighty wave to the remnant. This power is to break strongholds and yoke of bondage will be destroyed. Now, Paul and Silas would not stop preaching and teaching. So Satan had them thrown into jail. He had them bound. You know, when Satan can't stop you, he'll try to have you bound. He'll try to bound you. God sent an angel and they were released. Joel the prophet talks about the former and the latter rain in one month. The former and the latter rain will collide together and the enemy will be shaken. Just like as Gideon and his people were so afraid they were hidden in caves Oh, but God said an angel of the Lord and victory comes to them through Gideon, who was afraid. He becomes unmovable and unshakable. Jesus told the disciples not to go anywhere, to stay there in Jerusalem until they were endued with power from on high. Stay there for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in the upper room. But that power was released on the day of Pentecost. It won't even compare to the days of the remnant. That's coming. What the prophet Joel said in Joel 2. So rejoice. Be glad because the former and the latter reign will come. The old and the new anointing will collide. The remnant will rise up after the Holy Spirit comes upon you. There is going to be another anointing. It is tremendous. Peter spoke and many were saved after the anointing of the Holy Spirit had come upon the disciples in the upper room. How much more will this power be? Because rulers of nations will be dismayed. What rulers of nation? What ruler of nations will tremble? Satan. Satan is the ruler of nations that will tremble. Demonic forces will be dealt with. The demonic forces that we deal with will be greater than before. So God is releasing a greater anointing. We're talking about being unmovable and unshakable, and that's the title of this message today. God is getting ready to use you. I'm going to give you the steps in just a few minutes to be unmovable and unshakable. Now, the Bible says this, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to reckless indiscretion. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5 and 18. Paul said, don't get drunk with wine. Get drunk with the Holy Spirit. Be not drunk but be filled with the Holy Spirit. People say Pentecost came already, but don't put any limitations on God. Joel said the former and the latter will collide, not by power and not by might, but it's by His Spirit. You'll see the mighty works of God. You're going to have what you're asking God for as you act upon what He is saying. This outpouring is going to come upon you. It's going to come upon the remnant. Nothing is based on your own ability, not your degree or anything that you possess. It's based upon the fact that he chose you. He knows your mistakes that you will make. He knows them before you make them. And he still chose you. He said, I choose you. You are mine. You know, I used to teach a class, and I'm going off on a side journey for a moment, if you will. I used to teach a class, and in this class, I would uh, divide the students up. You know, I would choose two leaders to choose a team. Each team would have a leader. So there were two team leaders, and then they would stand up in front of the class, and I'd say, now, choose your team. And then each one would take a turn, and they would choose the members of their team until all of the, the classmates had been chosen, you know, and one would say, well, I choose Ryan. Well, I choose Samuel, you know, and, and they would call them over to come on and be on their team. Well, after they had chosen their team members, every child in the classroom was excited, you know, but you know who was most excited? The team leaders, they were more excited than their team. God celebrates you. God's proud of you. He has chosen you. He's pleased with you. He's placed you on his team. You did not choose him. He chose you. John 15 and 16, Jesus said, for ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go forth and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever you ask the father in my name, he will give it to you. Now let's go on and let's get this right. Accept it. You're called by God, children of God. You've been chosen to do the works of God, and then to go on to the mighty works. As you go forth and bring forth fruit and remain whatsoever, you ask the Father in Jesus' name, he's going to give it to you. Oh, wait a minute. What did Brother Paul just say? He's telling us that if we remain in unbroken communion and fellowship with God, as we go forth in this relationship through prayer, see, it's a progression. As we go forth in the relationship, we become stronger And by this relationship, you will produce fruit. Others will know that you are true disciples. As you bear fruit and progress with God, you're going to be able to ask him for anything. And he's going to give it to you. You will be unmovable and unshakable. But in order to be unmovable and unshakable, you must hear the voice of God. Uh, Brother Paul, after meeting with Jesus, went into the desert alone. And he waited upon God. I want to give you the points to be unmovable and unshakable. In prayer, you take action and you, you wait upon the Lord by fasting and prayer. It will take you to a new place of power by obedience. That's the second point is to be obedient to the Holy Spirit when he speaks to you. Because he's going to show you something very powerful. How to hear the Lord's voice. So be obedient to him. And third, repentance is mandatory. Always be transparent before God and you will establish a unique relationship with him. Jesus said, repent or else I will come unto thee quickly and I will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Now he said this immediately following repentance and it opens a new door of understanding he did have the ear to hear. Let him hear what the spirit of the Lord has to say. So we know that God is speaking or he would not tell us that we will hear what the spirit of the Lord has to say. Now, repentance creates transparency. And before God, that's vitally important to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say, to hear God's voice. We're going someplace now. Then he said, be fed. He talked about how to overcome in revelations. He that overcometh shall receive all things. Now, one of the churches he rebuked. Why? Because they were allowing seducing spirits and false prophets to lure the people. And so he rebuked them. And why is that important? Because he that overcometh and keepeth his works until the end, to him he will give power over the nations. Oh, you'll intercede as never before. You will pray with such tremendous power, it will be unbelievable even to you. Because we must live by the Spirit. And fourth, we must be obedient to God's word. Now, the Spirit speaketh expressively, meaning meaningfully. So God speaks to accomplish a purpose. Hebrews 3, 7 and 8, Paul told the Hebrews, Whereby, as the Holy Spirit saith today, if you will hear his voice and harden not your heart. Children of God, we must be obedient to the Spirit of God. Talking to us. And we will be unmovable and unshakable. We must hear his voice. Oh, he's telling you something important today. That in the latter times, some shall fall away from the faith. 1 Timothy 4.10. But not us. God wants you to be unmovable and unshakable. And by taking these steps. One, waiting upon the Lord and fasting in prayer. Always, the Lord says, wait upon the Lord. And two, be obedient to the Holy Spirit when he speaks. And three, be transparent, repent, and be transparent before God. When you know you've made an error, repent quickly. Let the Lord cleanse us of all secret faults. or faults that we cannot see. And four, be obedient children of God to his word. And five, be steadfast. Hold fast to what you have learned and do not depart from it. Be consistent in your prayer life. Be consistent in repentance. Be consistent in fasting. Be obedient to the word of God. Be transparent before him. And you will establish a communion relationship to walk and talk with the Father. You will be unmovable, unshakable in the days to come. God is raising up a people who can hear his voice. The former and the latter rain shall collide. This means more power than ever before when they collide At the same time, then an anointing, a shower, a rain, an outpouring of the Holy Ghost is going to fall on the remnant that's watching and waiting. The remnant that's unshakable, that's unmovable. But again, to be unshakable and unmovable, you must hear the voice of God. He must be able to guide you and direct you in all of your ways. He said, I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. God wants to guide you in all things. He wants a communion relationship with each of his children. That remnant is rising up in such tremendous power. I can see him going across the terrain and rising up, going across the mountaintops, going across the hills and the valleys and spreading the gospel and doing the great works the mighty works of God. Jesus said, The works I do, you shall do, and even greater works than this. You're going to be unmovable and unshakable in the days to come. And Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in
1: Heaven teaching God's people to pray. You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 530 For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org.